I'm doing too bad. Yo, what is good, everybody? Everybody, what is good? Welcome into another episode of the B Ball Jones podcast. Of course, it is me, B Ball Jones, and of course, obviously, most definitely, that right there is the reigning uh, defensive player of the year, the Peach Belt Conference. Just Nelson Haskins. What's up, man? What's going on, bro? How you doing? Man, I am amazing, brother. And you want to know why? Because uh, our podcast is now sponsored by Body Armor. Uh, this is the. I'm just talking. I'm just uh, <laughs> not yet. Let's <laughs> say, boy, you you share some news with me. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was just practicing for when you know that finally does happen. So um, that's all. That's all it was, man. Again, I just wanted to get the feel for it. You know, give people a taste of what it'll be like when we are finally sponsored, man. So. Yeah, man. But besides, I'm I'm great, man. Uh, happy to be here. Getting into this episode, you know, preseason, not preseason, but technically still preseason, but season to talk, you know, getting to the games and everything, man. So, um, yeah, man. How you how you how you feeling for the season, man? Um, what, what's your thoughts right now about the season? Uh, how do you feel about it? Man, I'm actually like very excited about this season for a number of different reasons, and we gonna get into all of it. But like, mm-hmm. I'm really excited. But I mainly because I think I'm mainly excited because of how many storylines there really are this season. Like going yeah. into, like it's so much. It feel like it's so much going on in the league right now, and you know, just so many good teams. I feel like it's a lot of good teams this year too. Like. That's a big thing right now. Like, there's a lot of good teams, so I'm ready to see how all of them like pan out. Who gonna, you know, who gonna rise to the top and who gonna, unfortunately, sink to the bottom. So, you know, that's my main thing. Like, I, I just got to see who gonna really step up to the expectations we got for them. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think uh, for me personally, I think I think the thing I'm most excited about is the fact that this will be the first year that we finally get back to like a full normal season. You feel me? Because 2020, you know, that was, you know, the most weird, awkward season because it got cut short and it ran so long and then started back up, you know, in that delayed 2021 season. And then I still feel like we had some, you know, lingering effects of last season. So I feel like this is the first because you had people getting injured that, you know, had a longer effect on that. And you had, um, the COVID testing stuff, so people in and out the lines because of that whole joint. And it's like, I think oh, this yeah. will be the first full year that we don't have to be overly concerned about people out because of COVID or whatever. And people like finally getting over whatever injury they had from the past two years. And it's, I think this will be the first, like close to normal, close to the normal season that we've had since before the pandemic hit and everything. So I think that's one thing I'm super excited about. And like you said, too, all the storylines going along. Like I said, we're going to get into that in a minute. And then uh, just like, you know, basketball back, man. Like, it feels good to, like, you know, it's basketball season. What what better season is it than basketball season? Like, that's just, that's just what the facts are, man. So, for me personally, I think that's what I'm most excited about, to finally get back to a normal season. Yeah, definitely. I understand that, too. Like, <clears throat> uh, you know, the whole, like, the whole Kyrie thing, you know, him sitting out, other guys that had to sit out. The whole vaccine situation that we had early on in the year, we ain't got to worry about none of that no more. It's just hoops. Like, everybody team, just go out there and hoop. Everybody playing every game that they want to play in as long as they're healthy. And so, yeah, I definitely feel that, too. It's going to be – we we back to normal, hopefully. So, 
I'm, I'm excited for that part of it too. And we ain't got to worry about nobody getting taken out for COVID protocol. Remember COVID protocol? Remember when that was like a big thing? Yeah. Like, yeah, so and so would not play today due to COVID protocol. We'd be like, bro, what does that even mean? <laughs> Do they have COVID or not? <laughs> but I'm glad all that's over, man. I'm like, for me too, because, you know, I remember how my season was all last year and when I playing here in Columbus State, like all last year in 2020, man. Oh, 2020, the worst basketball season I've had in my life. Worst. Mm. Not even individually, like just the way it went. The season itself was terrible. So, um, I, I'm definitely glad to be back to norm to the normal start up in October, November. We playing all the way till well in the NBA till April, and then regular like everybody can play as long as they want to play. So yeah, that's the best part about it. Yeah, like it's just like you said, it's finally all the extra weird stuff getting out. Like the COVID COVID protocol was kind of weird because it was like it was like if you're vaccinated, you got this thing. If you're not vaccinated, then you got to deal with this. And it's like so many loose ends that we saw or didn't see and it's just like we didn't fully understand or maybe they announced it but they ain't announced it as publicly as you know to where we were aware of it but you know i'm just happy to finally get back to where things are some level of normal i don't know how normal it will be because i just saw bradley bill had some type of covid issue again so i'm just like hold on bro i thought that was kind of like i would say covid was done but i kind of thought like we were kind of like past most of these protocols and, and sit-outs and stuff. Yeah. And I don't know, man. And then uh, I think we still have to worry about Toronto, you know, people going up there to Canada because I know Canada's different rules as far as what we have here. So uh, that'll be not too, like, too interesting because we ain't like, you know, we play half our games in Toronto. That's like, probably one or two games for most teams. So it's not like a, a huge deal. But something is interesting to look at, especially if it's like a – uh, Eastern Conference thing where you got to bid for, you know, uh, playoff position. But I think for the most part, it ain't going to be too big of a deal, man. But it'll feel good to finally get back to the normal routine of what our season is, man. So I think that's the – for me personally, that's the biggest storyline that I'm <coughs> taking into it. Thanks. I, I think – and, like, nothing – I think nobody is more, like, affected by this than, like, the Brooklyn Knicks. Like oh, yeah. with Kyrie, the Kyrie situation, because like it's like with, with Kyrie having to sit out, that was like the whole main like COVID like vaccine public eye. Like everybody was on Kyrie about it, and then you know Kyrie made it a little worse for himself because <laughs> you know he you know he stepped away from the team, and he uh remember he went to his sister's birthday party or something. And, you know, the pictures came out, and it was just like, all right, now, Kyrie, like, you already ain't vaccinated. Like, and now you out here going places, doing parties and whatnot. So, so you know, he did. He, he had some of his own fault in that. But the main thing was, like, I mean, the main thing is he can finally play, and he can play a full season as long as he stay healthy. So, there ain't going to be no more excuses for the Knicks. That's the number one thing for them, like, so I got a, my my teammates now on um, up here at school. He a big Kyrie fan. Kyrie his favorite player, and every time somebody say something about Kyrie, he'd be uh, every time somebody say something about the Nets, he'd be like, "It's only because Kyrie ain't playing." <laughs> That's what he said that every time. It's only because Kyrie is playing. If Kyrie was playing, it wouldn't even be like that. It'd be this and this and this. And I'm like, well, ain't no more excuses now, my boy. So he out there. I'm ready to see it. Yeah, man. So. Uh... 
we we definitely gonna get into that. That's probably like top three biggest teams to look at into the season. But um, you know, being you know historians of the game, like we talked about before, being as big a fans of the overall game, I think we would do a disservice to the game and uh, on multiple levels, we'd be doing a disservice by not acknowledging uh, the passing of Bill Russell. You know, he's a all-time NBA legend. Um, he's a legend. He's one of the people and figures that transcend the sport of basketball, you know, because he he was a big role in the 60s for civil rights and everything, and uh, the, the role that he played as far as the uh, integration of black people into basketball and, you know, especially what the historic franchise of the Celtics is and the role he played in that, um, you know, it's that's a big loss for the NBA community. And, you know, that's a big loss for the Celtics history and that whole community and everything, but especially to the Russell family, you know, and his friends and family, the close people around him. So um, just want to give some acknowledgement to him and the life that he had and, impact that it had to the game and people all around the world. So, uh, you know, what are your thoughts about, you know, that whole ordeal with, you know, the passing of Bill Russell? Oh, man, it's just, you know, the game lost one of the greats today. Not just the game, but, like, the world. The world lost a great one and Bill Russell. He was one of them guys, like, like you said, his impact transcended basketball. It wasn't just a basketball impact. He – impacted his his community like he impacted his nation with with his platform and so you can't really ask much more from a guy in his position you know he he used you know his platform to to help advance uh the black community put us in better standing put us in the public public eye you know and just you know do use his power for the right things you know and so the game lost a great one but Bill Russell is actually like my grandfather's like favorite player. Mm. So he and so like I remember my granddaddy telling me my granddad played basketball in the army way back when for you know however that works. Uh, and he said uh, I remember him telling me he the team that he had he put the team together like he picked the guys to play and everything and then he said he took the guys to like a local barber shop or something. That had a TV mm. in, while the Celtics was playing, Bill Russell was playing. And he was like, All right, y'all, I want you to watch so and so. I want you to watch, uh, you know, I want you to watch this play. I want you to watch this player. He said, I'm Bill Russell. Like, I, I you know, this is how we going to play. So he made them watch the Bill, Bill Russell and the Celtics as like film, kind of. It's like, This is how we going to play. You, him, you, him, you, him. I'm Bill Russell. And he said they went like undefeated that season and everything with all the games they played. And I was like, boy, that's crazy. So uh I just, you know, I Bill Russell, one of them guys that like I really actually have thought about like how they play and what they do, what he's what he's done basketball wise. And and you know, we say what we want about like, you know, the old days and like, man, it wasn't this many teams, it wasn't this many good guys or whatever, it's not this talented, whatever. As the game today, but Bill Russell winning ten championships is like you win ten championships in checkers, and can't nobody tell you nothing. Yeah. So, like that, 
we can't take that away from him, man. He definitely one of the greats. The game going to miss him. I'm going to miss seeing him give the MVP trophy away at the finals. That's going to be that's going to be the one. Like yeah. The next national, I mean, the next NBA championship, somebody win, he not there to give the finals MVP trophy to him. That's going to hurt me a little bit. I ain't going to lie to you. So, uh, but, we, you know, we just appreciate everything he did for the game. And, you know, we're we going to miss him. Yeah, I feel like he he's a, a he has he's a character too, man. Like he, you know, off the floor, he is such a funny guy, man. Like his trash talking um, antics and stuff. Mm-hmm. It was always fun to see him jump in with that, man. Like I never forget. I think it was like the NBA awards or whatever it was that they had. Uh, might have been the ESPYS. I don't remember what it was, but some type of awards that they had. Yeah. He was up there. Um, I think they represented an award to him, but Kareem was up there. I think Shaq was up there. I think David Robson might have been up there. Maybe four or five guys. Then uh, he was looking at him. He just like, I would have kicked your ass back in the day. <laughs> Everybody just buzzed out laughing. <laughs> <laughs> That's the mindset he had, man. It's like he still feel like, yo, y'all get the business. Like it don't matter, bro. Like I can, y'all can get the business. I don't care, Shaq. I don't care what you talking about, bro. I would have gave you the business back in the day. All of y'all would have got Wilt. Cause I think about it, he went against Wilt, and he was giving Wilt problems. Like it, right. the competition was Wilt. So it's just like, you know, it, he had a valid point, man. And I think the thing about Bill is like, uh, he's in that class of of players that would have been great in any generation you know because he was probably ahead, probably ahead of his time because he was like six nine maybe six ten playing the five he had helped out the world like i don't think too many people noticed but uh he was also legit in track but he was like a g in track he oh yeah high jump. so he like the hops weren't just for basketball he had like legit athletic hops like bigger than the court so he uh he would have been well equipped for this day and age with the open floor and how spaced the things are, how fast-paced things are. It's like he would have fit in today's game too. So, um, yeah, I think he's one of the few greats that just would have, like, you dropped him in 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, and now, the 2000s and now, it's just like, ah, you know, same thing. Now, the stats might not have been the same, but the output overall would have been the same. So, you know, his rings are his rings, you feel me? Like, and, and I don't think nobody's touching an 11 ring. That's just – that's – Nobody's gonna touch that record. I think that's Thanks. one of the few records that just go down in time. Is like nobody, because like LeBron went to eleven straight and he only has four. It's pretty tough to, you know, get. It's tough and known to get to the, the amount that he has, let alone winning all of them. So, unless the NBA starts conditioning back down and goes to like six teams, I don't see that happening. Uh, where nobody touched the record, and I don't see them condensing teams like that either. So. We'll, I mean, we we we're pretty safe to say that Russell will go down as the most winning as far as championship goes, the most winningest player in the history of the game. So, um, you know, it was it was you know, I know it's tough for the game, you know, especially people that actually knew him. Like I've never met him or anything, but you know, it's tough for his family and friends, those that actually knew him, to you know, still deal with that. You know, there's no time period on grieving and how to heal from that. So, uh, thoughts and prayers with them, man. Uh, anybody that knew him, you know, around him, got the opportunity to talk to him, you feel me? Like, that's just a uh, tough loss to have, you know. So, 
just want to give a minute to uh, shout out Bill Russell and give him some love and respect, man. So, uh, you know, things you got to say about Mr. Russell? Nah, man, it's just the, the game's going to miss him. The, man, so, you know, like you said, prayers, prayers and love to his family, you know, and just just, just know we're going to miss him right here. All the NBA fans, the real NBA fans, gonna miss Bill Russell. He didn't gave us laughs. He didn't gave us stories. He didn't gave us memories, and so them stuff that we ain't gonna forget no time soon. So we're gonna miss him around right here. Yeah, man, it's uh, I can't wait to see the stories that come out of him now. You know, yeah. not not in a bad way, but it's like you know how it's gonna come around. Like, man, give me a favor, Mr. Russell story. Give me a favor, Bill Russell story. Um, greats that played against him, uh, the people that were just under his generation. Like he was a coach, so it's going to be funny to hear the coaching stories he had and, the, you know, the Celtics uh, players that were under the organization that got to, had the opportunity to meet him when he was around or whatever. It's just like it's going to be fun to hear those stories now, man. So um, that's one part I'm looking forward to, man. But uh, shout out to his family, uh, friends and everything like that, man. So, uh, you know. And also, just just quick on this one, uh, Nate Robinson just came out. I think earlier this past week, uh, not too long, a couple of days ago, he's dealing with uh, something with his kidney. I hate that I don't remember exactly off the top of my head, but he has some uh, issue with his kidney. You know, so he's dealing with that. He says he's been dealing with that for like four years, uh, but he hey. just finally you know, came out with it. So, you know, uh, just keep him. You know, be mindful of that. And the Cameron Tomo just came out. Uh, not too long ago, last week too, say he has a brain tumor, so he's dealing with that. So, That's uh, just you know, just be mindful of people—not just athletes, not just celebrities, whatever, but the people. Because, like I said, Nate been dealing with that for four years. There's no telling, you know, what else somebody else is going through that that we don't know about. So just you know, something to throw out there, uh, for people to keep mindful of, you know, because I don't like. If I can do my little part to share information, you know, keep something aware of people, man, just the least I can do, man. So, uh, yeah, man, I don't, I don't want to start, you know, super morbid mood for this episode. Man. So, uh, what, is, what is the biggest? I think the Nets probably. I, the Nets might be the biggest storyline to look into coming back into the season. But I think the Warriors, regard, despite that one incident, the Warriors, the Warriors are also, like, the biggest uh, – team or, or headline to look out for. I think it's real three teams. But I think the Warriors might be the other biggest one to look into. So uh, which which team I don't know this is tough. Which team do you want to start with? Because it's it's three good ones that's just juicy to get into with everything that's been going around. So which one do you want to start with? I got if, if I get the pick, I don't want to start off with the Lakers. I can't lie to you. Like okay. the Lakers, the, I feel like that that is the biggest question mark in the league right now. Like, Nick, like you said, Nets right there next to him, you know, and the Warriors is still a big storyline, especially with what just went on with them. But as far as a whole team goes, the Lakers are the biggest question mark. Are they going to be great or are they going to be terrible? Like, are they going to be tops of the West or are they going to be in the play-in? You know? Yeah. And, like, uh, just getting into it, like, to be real with you, this whole summer, I've been telling folks they need to trade Russ. 
I know Russ kind of your boy. You a fan of Russ. And, you know, I know I understand you kind of – they kind of put him in some tough positions with the lineups and stuff changing all the time and everything and AD not being healthy. Mm-hmm. But me personally, I just think they got to get rid of Russ. They got to trade him. And they're going to have to stop holding on to them two draft picks. That's four years into the future. Like, they got to stop holding on to them. Like, I understand what they're, like, what they're concerned because they like, you know, we don't want to trade our only two draft picks for the foreseeable future. And LeBron James probably going to retire soon and AD might not be here like the rest of his career or whatever. I understand that. But if you ask me, you got to go ahead and take the ring while you can, while you got the opportunity. That's how I see it. You got to try to take the rings when you can. Because, like, y'all had Shaq and Kobe. But the way I see it, y'all had Shaq and Kobe. Y'all won three rings. And then, you know, Shaq left. And y'all ain't win another ring until 2009. Right? Yeah. 2000. Yeah, 2009. So, you won three. And then you ain't win another one for eight years. So, like, now y'all just won another one in 2020. It's 2022, finna be 2023. Like, go ahead and try to rack them up. Like, rack up the rings while you got the opportunity. You got LeBron James. You got Anthony Davis. You got Russ. It's not working out. You can trade that, though. You can trade Russ and them two picks and get solid pieces that fit better around LeBron and AD. LeBron and AD already worked once. (laughs) Like, why are y'all holding on to Russ like he just gonna push y'all over the top? Y'all have already won with Brian and AD. That I, that's what I that's how I look at. It. I'm like, man, if I could make a phone call to Jeannie, I would tell her all that. I hope that she's alive. <laughs> Cause it's like, Jeannie, what are you doing? LeBron and AD won you a championship. Ride with them until the wheels fall off. And then you can figure the rest out later. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, man. What do you think about it? So <clears throat> So when first Russ when when Russ first came there, that was weird. When Russ first came there, <laughs> my thought was interesting, pretty odd, but maybe I was just being optimistic. I don't know if I was really thinking full of basketball IQ. Maybe it was a blend of both. But I feel like it could work. You know, if if Russ took more of the D Wade role when Braun and D Wade played together. And he was more of a slasher because he, he's not going to be a shooter. That's never been his game. So that's not even – that's why people start counting his shoot. I'm just like, what year before this year did Russ have an actual jumper? He had the, he had the midi. Don't get me wrong. The midi was was legit. And somehow somehow he magically lost that. That's still bad for me to this day. But when, since when he was like a three-point sniper, especially catch-and-shoot guy, like when has that ever been in this game? So when people start bashing, I'm just like – yeah, y'all just hopping on the train of like it's popular to bash for us, or y'all just I don't know what y'all are, but y'all just obviously don't have basketball common sense. So let's just stop that. But I feel like it could work to an extent if they were able to like pull from those heat days and say, Hey Russ, this is what we're looking to do for you, get you in these actions. I know it's tough to do with the other pieces, the other three guys on the floor, but let's say you get AD in the Bosch type role, uh and say your other two guys are shooters. But for that reason, the coach was not putting out multiple shooters. It was like three slashers with LeBron in 80. That's just terrible. But Vogel was on not some smart other basketball. Vogel was on some other stuff. But anyway, I feel like it could have worked if the, if Russ would have said, okay, 
when I'm on the floor with LeBron, I am strictly a slasher. You know, I might come off some handoffs and just go back downhill, whatever. And when LeBron's off the floor, that's when I'm I'm Russell mode. And me and AD can go to work or whatever lineup you have. And it's just like, okay, cool. And they never were really able to play together long enough to actually get some kind of groove and some chemistry going, figure out if, if it can work. Because when Russ was by himself, Russ was Russ. So he obviously could play basketball. So it was just, you know, no amazement there. But when you turn around and throw them guys on the floor, of course you're going to see his numbers drop and his play drop and other guys too because we don't know how to play together. And so you got to throw that whole season away almost because you just had so much in and out. So it's all discombobulated. This year, uh, let me put up the roster real quick. I, now I'm really confused, okay? <laughs> they have Russell Westbrook. They got Patrick Beverly. Yeah, Dennis Schroeder and Kendrick Nunn. And Austin Reeves, if you want to count him as a guard, too. I mean, no, like a point guard. So, and LeBron James, you want to come as your point guard, too. So, what's the plan here? Because it ain't like none of these guys are just like a good backup to where he can sit on the bench or whatever. It's like, uh, you know what I mean? Like, you know, you have some guys who can sit on the bench and it's like, okay, cool. If he needs to play, he's, you know, valuable, reliable piece. But all these guys are like, starters or a guy who come off the bench and really give you good minutes why is your roster full of these point guards because you might you more than likely you can have somebody be unhappy you feel me like Thanks. it's just it's just not a good mix for me like Kendrick Nunn is is his career starting to go like here I'm not trying to come off the bench for any of these guys no man not just come off the bench but I'm not trying to like sit the bench and not play but occasional minutes like blowout minutes scrub minutes and you know, injury minutes when somebody gets hurt. Like, I don't want – that's not what I'm trying to do for my career. He's too good for that. So it's just odd to see all these pieces being thrown in the roster unless you're trying to get some package thrown together where we're shipping both of y'all, Russ and somebody else, out to get some other stuff back. But I don't see that being the case. So I think – I agree that Russell has to get traded at this point. Now, where he gets traded, that's a, another tough thing. Um, we have to make that offer pretty juicy because his contract's pretty big. And as much as I love him, I don't know if he gets traded to a championship-winning team. I have to really sit down and look at the roster and stuff because I really have to, like, dig into that. But the most he does is, is get a team to the playoff and get a playoff team a step further. But, um, yeah, I have to really look at the rosters. Maybe we could do another episode of that one day. But Man, go. send that man to Indy. Send him to Indiana. For Buddy Hill and Miles Turner and them two picks, they like they already been discussing it. But the Lakers don't want to give up both picks; they only want to send up. They only want to give up one. They're trying to hold on to both of them, or at least that's what what the rumors have been. Send them picks, man. Buddy Hill and Miles Turner, perfect fits. Now you talking about starring Pat Bev or Kendrick Nunn, whichever one they decide. Buddy Hill, like a proven knockdown sniper. LeBron, AD, and Miles Turner, a great defender, and AD don't got to play the five because Miles can play the five. Mm-hmm. And AD is a, a defender, rim protector, hustle guy. You can start Pat Bell, defender, hustle guy, and then you got knockdown shooter and Buddy Hill. You got LeBron James and Andy Davis. Like I think that's a great lineup, like for your starters, and then the guys that you had starting, like um. Uh, they had Austin Reeves starting at one point, 
and then Kendrick Nunn can go to – or Kendrick Nunn and Pat Bell can trade at that one spot, and then Austin Reeves. And then that guy that has started at the five, I can't remember his name. Uh, those guys, they're not starters. They're not star starter like championship team starter players. Austin mm-hmm. Reeves needs to be coming off the bench on a good team. Same thing for Pat Bell, most likely. Like Kendrick Nunn, Pat Bell, whatever. You know, you decide which one you think is better. I'd probably say Kendrick Nunn, but he was hurt all last year, so who, ain't no telling what we're going to get out of him, really. And then uh, their center, I, I can't even remember her name. Like, so I'm looking at the, the depth chart they got. So Go ahead. It's on ESPN. So they got uh, Westbrook, Westbrook at the one, Pat Bev at the two, Lonnie Walker at the three, LeBron at the four, AD at the five. Uh, come off That's the bench. Terrible. Yeah, pretty bad. So, uh, Schroeder as the backup one. Kendrick Nunn is the backup two. Austin Reeves at the three. Uh, JTA, dude from the Warriors. Toscato mm. Anderson, you know, yeah. he's the backup four. And Damon Jones, the backup five. Uh, the other pieces they have is Thomas Bryant, uh, Wanyan Gabriel, and Troy Brown Jr. Yes, it for the roster. So, yeah, you basically have a whole lot of small guards and like, you don't have a true big. Damon Jones is the biggest guy besides AD. So, and he's not a real like five man, like a solid five man. That's what I'm saying, man. If they were to trade Russ and them picks and get Buddy Hill and Miles Turner, you talking about start? I guess they'll start Pat Bev at the one, Buddy Hill at two, LeBron at three, AD at the four, Miles Turner at the five. Now you got Revis coming off the bench. You got Schroeder and none coming off the bench. You got Damian Jones coming off the bench. Like. You got a solid five with a couple solid pieces coming off the bench. That gives you the best opportunity to win a championship. Not these three slashers and LeBron James and AD. Like, that, like they got to go and bite the bullet. Like, okay, I understand you want to kind of save something for the future. But people not going to care about that in the future if you win some championships now. And I understand you're not guaranteed a championship if you make the trade, obviously. But you need to give yourself the best opportunity. You just missed the playoffs. God forbid you keep rushed the whole season and you miss the playoffs again. Mm. Like, now you're talking about wasting the last few good years that you had LeBron James. Like, don't do that, dog. Like, that's that's nothing to me. Don't do that. Don't do that to the people. You know, don't waste the last few years of LeBron James we're going to have. You know what I'm saying? Like, we had Kobe. Kobe last few years wasted. He just was playing good basketball. He was playing Kobe basketball, but they were losing, not making no playoffs. And then his last game, he pulled out one of his marble performances and dropped a 60 ball. His last game. But don't let, like, we luckily, we had the opportunity to give Kobe his flowers because he had announced that he was going to retire. So they, it became like a Kobe farewell tour. That was the whole season, a Kobe farewell tour. Mm-hmm. Don't let that be Bron. Like, please. <laughs> like, it don't got to be Bron. Bron still hooping. Make his last few years worse some. You know what I'm saying? Don't let us get no Michael Jordan and the Washington Wizards years. You know? That's how I feel, though. Like, don't do that to us. You know? Yeah. I like, think it's headed to that point where it's more the Kobe years. Not even I think it's just weird because we we've never seen LeBron's career right now is like untouchable as far as comparison of what we've seen from other people. Like 
because usually when you have a star coming here and then coming down, it's usually what we have. LeBron's been here and he's like here. He's like he's <laughs> it's not even going back down yet. It's just like just he plateaued a little bit. Just <laughs> a little bit. He's, he's still like he's athleticism and skill. He's still adding to his bag and stuff. It's just like we're starting the plateau now. Like it's it's it's, it's still like it's I can't even like it's like curving almost like the plateau. It's not even like just plateaued out yet. So we've never seen this before from a guy of his caliber. So it's just like it's weird. But even with that, we've never seen a team not equip the guy for the next person up. And as much as 80 is supposed to be, I think 80 is like 26 now, 27. Um, yeah, he's about that about the age. So he should be prime. This is about prime time for him. And honestly, do you think about trading him at some point? AD? Yeah. Maybe after Brian done, like, I'm not trading him right now because we won a championship with that. But after Braun retired, I give him like a season, if he's still a Laker, obviously. I don't know how his contract set up or whatever. But I give him like a season, two seasons to like lead the team. And I tell him like, this your team. Like, it ain't no more New Orleans where like you was just playing with no expectations or nothing like that. Like, nah. You got to be the best player on the team every night, and we expect to win. Like, that's what we're looking for. Now, if I don't get that out of him after a while, then I try to trade him. And maybe maybe just blow it up and rebuild after that. But I'm still using AD because until, like, I don't have the opportunity to anymore. Because at the same time, like, like I said, he's already won a championship. And he's the second best player. LeBron and AD – are a championship formula. They've already done it. You can say what you want to about the bubble or whatever. Mm-hmm. They've already won a championship. So I'm rolling with that. I'm taking that risk every time. Like, yeah. okay. like it's just like Steph and KD. Like, they won championship. The next year they had the exact same team. Running back. Like, I get it. It's the Warriors or whatever. But, you know, running back. Do it again. The Suns got to the finals. They could have got rid of Chris Paul. They said, nah, four-year deal. Run it back. We're going, we're trying to get back to the finals. You feel me? Ride with it, bro. Like, ride with that. Yeah, but I think the issue with him is kind of like we've I think LeBron might have came out and said, like, bro, you're you have the reins. Take them. Like LeBron's not trying to be the reins man anymore. Like LeBron <laughs> has shown he's best served. I don't see that's not true. But he he doesn't mind taking a back seat. He doesn't mind being not necessarily number two, but like you go kill and I stay home and take care of everybody else. But AD has not going out to go kill. So LeBron had to kill and take care of everybody else too. Not that LeBron can't, but he just like he I felt he's more naturally set to he's naturally conditioned to do setting the table for everybody else. So now fourth quarter comes. If I need to go kill, I can go kill. Especially now, LeBron. Like older LeBron, he was uh Still had the more passiveness to him to where I'm making him his basketball play. But I think he's really he's been groomed and conditioned to where okay, I am the best option for the play. He's been less passive, I guess, you know. But then again, we haven't seen LeBron for real, for real since 2020, you know. Mm-hmm. 
there's no telling right now, but that's just kind of what the feel I got for them. But Lakers got a lot going on, man. They still got some, uh, a lot of, I think Russ has been like the scapegoat, honestly. And I'm kind of getting tired of that being, not even just because I'm a Russ fan, but it's just like, bro, there's more issues than Russ to look Oh, at. yeah, definitely. Like, so that's kind of my issue of like taking my Russ fan hat off and like looking at the basketball game. We have bigger issues than just Russ here. So let's like stop everything being on him. Um, but yeah, man, that's that's kind of what the Lakers situation are or is. And um sticking on the West Coast, sticking in the same state, they have some issues to figure out too, you know, right across, you know, across the way. In uh Oakland. Yeah, they ain't Oakland now. So Yep. <laughs> uh Pool Party's got a bag. Wigs <laughs> got a bag. <laughs> Big bag. Back back of the brain truck type of bag. But uh Waiting for this third piece of this bag equation to see what's going to happen with him, man. Um, and, of course, this recent incident plays a role into that. Um, I think you have to be foolish to not say it doesn't play a role into it. So, not just not excluding it, but overall, what are your thoughts on the Warriors, man? What do you think about this situation and, you know, how things have been handled? <laughs> uh, to be completely frank with you, my boy, I think this day way to get Draymond out of there. Mm. Like, personally, because, you know, he's going to be in contract year or whatever. I think he on contract for this year and next year, but they've been talking about, like, negotiating his contract now or whatever. Like, because mm. Draymond want another max. He on max. He want another max. Yeah. I think the Warriors use this, like, hey, bro, you just punched one of our star players in the face. And he's like, Poole ain't one of our star players. Did you see the contract we just gave him? He wanted the stars now. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, like, I think this might be his, like, this might be, unfortunately for Warriors fans, the time with Draymond and the Warriors might be coming to an end. Like, it ain't going to happen this year, obviously. But uh, I know we probably all thought he was going to be a Warrior forever. But I think, I think it's probably close to being over with now. People talking about he might get traded and all that, but like I don't think nobody really trying to trade for Draymond like that. Just being real, just because I think most people understand that like, what he does fits best in their system with those players. But I don't know. We'll see, I guess. But I think this might be they they take it out like, oh, we really weren't trying to give you the max, no way. But we for sure ain't giving you the max now. So yeah, I'm gonna take this vet minimum, my boy. <laughs> we'll call it a night. So, oh, yeah, that's, that's not a thing. That's so disrespectful. Get him in the vet minimum after all he done. For the, I, I be, oof, oof. You, they finna get my boy the Udonis Haslam contract, man. Like, we, oh, we don't, oh, man. Let let that slip out that that's one of the offers. I can't wait to hear Draymond podcast. Oh, my oh, God. For real. Oh, man. <laughs> that gonna be the best episode, the best podcast ever made. He gonna get on there hot. It might not even have no guests, just him. Man. <laughs> The whole episode is him blowing from everybody, <laughs> from Steve Kerr. But he, I don't, know, he, I don't think he'll do that. But uh, <laughs> man, if they offer that man, you done this has no contract, bro. Anyway, man. Um, <laughs> but now nah, I feel like I've heard people say they need they need to trade him, and I think if the if the Warriors do that, they're cashing out their championship chances, honestly, because um, Draymond is. It's Steph Curry and Draymond. That's like you can't weigh one above the other. It just you can't. It's it's impossible. 
because yes, Steph Curry, Steph Curry and Clay are amazing. They, that's the the outer layer of what makes the Warriors the Warriors. You know, it's obviously Steph Curry's three point shooting, his game, his handles, all the stuff that his gravity, all the stuff that plays a role to the Warriors. Mm-hmm. But the ability to have somebody as selfless as Draymond to know when, where, and how to get Steph and Clay the ball exactly. Like he never misses a beat. If he misses one, it's because the other one was the better option. That's literally like that's how I think they are. Like that's we could have a full debate on why that's the greatest big three or the trio, period. Like that's how great those three are together. So removing one hurts all three deeply. Clay is the most probably I don't say the, the most, but the most replaceable piece. But he's still he's like it's definitely Draymond right here, Clay's right here. You can't replace any of the three and expect they have the same results. No matter how good Jordan Poole is, no matter how good Wiggs is, you can't do that with him. So, um, yeah, you can't trade Draymond. But I have heard little whispers and uh, rumblings from certain people that I do follow that have, you know, level of intel that uh, this is a play to get him to the Lakers. Because him and LeBron kind of buddy-buddy. You know, he's been praising LeBron a lot lot now, and he's kind of – Anytime LeBron ain't come up the past few years, he had nothing but love for him. And, you know, so I don't know how true that is, but that's just kind of the whispers I've been hearing. So, you know, take that however you take it, whatever. But, you know, it is what it is. But I feel like they don't trade him. Um, I feel like the only real option here is to pay him, pay the man or not pay him. That's really the only option you have or pay him a little bit less. Because I don't see you trading him. And if you trade him, you might as well cash in your championship ring and just basically look at it as a rebuild because I don't see how you can replace him and what he does. Like you make the playoffs obviously because Steph is great enough to do that, but I don't see you winning the ring without him. Because who's defending as well as he does communicate to get everybody in, involved and offensively getting everybody in the right it's like you can't replace what Draymond does. That's why Draymond has the accolades and respect that he does have because this you can't replace him. You try to replicate the Warriors. You can replace Steph Curry and Clay to an extent. You have two great shooters. Cool. You can't replace Draymond and what he brings to the team. He's so valuable. So the Warriors are in, in, in an interesting spot right now, man. Uh, my personal thoughts: I think I think they do pay him. They come to some type of agreement where maybe it's not as much. He might not get the max, but it definitely ain't some Udonis Haslam contract. Hey, that's disrespectful. That's funny. But no, nah, yeah, I was just joking about <laughs> that. But like, they they definitely can't give my boy the max now, and. I can't lie. If that is true. Like this, all just a, a play to get to get to LA. If let me say this, if the Lakers trade for Draymond Green, that's it. Like I ain't watching no more Lakers games. <laughs> I'm gonna watch the game where LeBron break Kareem record, <laughs> and then I ain't watching nothing else. If- you remember when he said uh, he was like, "If Le- uh, I'm sorry, bro, but if LeBron." Whenever game LeBron ends up breaking his Korean record, I will skip the game. If we, if we have a game, and I'm skipping my game. And I'm going to go fly to see him play to break the record. I don't care what's going on. Obviously, it's not true. He's not going to do that. But people kind of like looking back at it now, kind of like, oh, you don't have to miss the game, bro, because you're going to be on the sideline as his teammate watching him. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, I think he just might for real go do that. Like, Gojo, he said, I'm going to watch history be made or whatever. And so he might just do that. But, uh, yeah, if they trade for Draymond, especially if they trade Russ for Draymond, like, and the the draft fix or something, man, oh, my God. 
you talk about a lineup of LeBron, Draymond Green, Anthony Davis. Defense probably great. Can't get no buckets, no space. Especially if you got doggone Pat Bev out there. Pat Bev and Draymond Green on the same team. Defense immaculate. Offense, oof. They might start having some high school scores. <laughs> 84 to 86. <laughs> Uh, it's gonna be tough, man. I don't know who's scoring besides LeBron and AD because uh, Draymond giving you 10, Pat Bev giving you 10. I don't know who you start. You got it like they don't have any real shooters on the bench, so I don't know who else can start with them. But there's gonna be that's gonna be an ugly lineup offensively, man. But I feel right. like they, um, or like you said, they might just have a play where, um, like you say, is this year and one more year. Hey, sign, sign on, bro. You know, something type. I don't know what the situation gonna be at. I don't know enough GM and contract talk to really talk too heavy on that, man. But I don't know. I mean, I don't even know how much weight to put in that whole talk. It's just it might just be some speculation. I don't know how true that is, man. But um, there's something to look out for is what they're gonna do with Draymond in that whole country situation. Um, but uh, anything else you want to say about the war situation? Because we gotta talk about the Nets too. So anything else? Uh, nah, but I also can't wait to see Pool Party and the Splash Brothers. <laughs> I oh, feel yeah, like they're I'm gonna have a, uh, gonna be good. Yeah, I'm ready to see his development too. Oh, I can't forget about Wiseman. I think he's, I think Wiseman coming back too. Oh, yeah, forgot about that, bro. So, like, they're also building for the future. Um, that's an interesting play to look at because Pool Party, Wig's kind of older, but Pool Party, um, and Wiseman. Are a nice foundation piece to kind of rebuild on, and I yeah. feel like they definitely cannot take the blueprint of the Steph Curry Warriors into that next generation Warriors. Now, do I feel like Pool Party or Wiseman are the foundation of a new, you know, franchise like that? I don't know. Don't think so. Um, but Wiseman, this is his second year now, maybe third, third year now. So. He still has a lot of time to grow and develop. He could be. There's no telling right now. But and you got think he's in a very limited role because it's Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green show. You're getting the fourth, no, really fifth, you know, plate to eat off because it's Clay and uh, Steph eating first, like as far as scoring. Draymond is going to have the ball in his hands to, to make sure they eating. Pool party getting to eat off of that. Wiz eating. So y'all falling somewhere behind them. I think it's interesting to see how he comes back and uh, flows with those guys, man, and how he progresses and develops. But that's the real X factor looking to. Because if he can come back and uh, be a shot-blocking, dominant, athletic bid like they used to have back in the day, before the KD era came, the Warriors might go on another little, another little run, you know, might have the uh, team of the decade type of run. So nice. uh, it's looking real ugly right now, Wiseman. Shape up my series, man. But there's no telling, man. So I think he's a key piece to look out for the X Factor for this year. Um, but yeah, man. So now to get on to East Coast and that team in New York with all this fluffle going on, man. I don't even know if that was the exact right word to use, but it sounded good. So I'm, no, I'm with it. <laughs> <laughs> Brooklyn Nets, man. I'm a big KD guy. I love Kyrie too. I'm a big fan of both of them. And as we talked about with a 25 and under draft, you know, as you know, people know we're we're Ben Simmons guys. Right. If those guys are healthy and playing together, 
I see them strongly coming out the East. Um, I, I don't see how Ben Simmons playing as Ben Simmons, Kyrie playing as Kyrie, and KD playing as KD with the shooters and snipers between Joe Harris, Seth Curry, um, what's your boy name? Uh, what's the big name? Uh, Nick Claxton. And his thing, he doing doing his thing as a big. I don't, I don't know. Patty Mills going off the bench. I don't know how. I, I'm gonna it tell sound you. Sound good. It sounds, it sounds beautiful on paper. It sounds beautiful, but once again, I don't. You just you don't know. It's just it's just too much iffy around them. Can Katie stay healthy? Can Kyrie carry out his season? You know, fully. With the vaccine issue, we don't know exactly what the situation can be with that. Mm-hmm. Can he stay healthy? That's another big issue with him. What is Ben Simmons' situation? Can he stay healthy? Is he gonna? Is he healthy right now? We don't know. So there's the big question mark. But if on paper, if everybody's at a hundred percent, what we see, there's a real good chance to come out the East. So, um, what do you feel about the uh, Brooklyn Nets, man? Um. Yeah, I feel like they are the second biggest question mark in the league after the Lakers. Like, um, <clears throat> when they had Kyrie, KD, and James Harden, it was really like a big what if of like how they're going to share the ball. How are they going to play together? Mm-hmm. And then, granted, we only saw like 11 games of them all together. But um, for the 11 games that they played, it somewhat worked. The ISO ball, the James Harden playing point, facilitating and let Kyrie and KD get off, it kind of worked. Now, with Ben Simmons, I don't know how much that's going to work because they got Ben at, like, the four. So is he going to play, like, a point forward kind of role? I didn't see – I haven't seen them play a preseason game or nothing yet, so I don't know. Uh, I don't know if Ben's going to play, like, a point forward kind of role or is he going to be, like uh, – are they, like, just letting him be a regular four man? Like, is he going to – rebound, defend, and, like, do all that good stuff. Or they're going to have him, like, in a Draymond type of role. I kind of feel like that's where he headed, like a Draymond type of role. Facilitate, play D, you know. We ain't really looking for you to do too much on offense, which might not be bad for him. So, um, I don't know about Ben's role on the team yet. But I do think Kyrie and KD still going to get off. They're going to do their thing. Can't do nothing about them, too, really. But I think the X factor really is, number one, is Joe Harris going to make a shot? Because <laughs> Joe Harris is a great shooter. Like, we all know this. But when it came down to it, Joe Harris did not help them in the playoffs. Mm-mm. Did not help. So, is Joe Harris going to make a shot? That's one. Two, is Ben Simmons going to stay healthy? Or all three of them really are. They're going to stay healthy and actually get time together, playing together, chemistry developed. And then – um. Who's going to play point guard? I think that's the biggest question. Who's going to handle the ball? Who's going to facilitate? Because all of them, honestly, ain't going to be able to score. Being a big scorer like that, no way. But who's going to play point guard? Because who who going to run this offense and look for other people more than themselves? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I, I think that's the biggest thing. Because, like, you, we can say what we want about being, being in a Draymond role. It doesn't work if Steph Curry ain't unselfish. Because Steph – as great as he is, he could be selfish. He could just want the ball 24-7. Steph moving without the ball. So other people got the ball in their hand. Now do we expect to get it, of course. But they looking for him. So he moving without the ball. That's not Kyrie and KD game. They need the ball in their hand. 
So uh, I think Stephen Jackson said it too. He said, "Why all KD KD getting everything out of the mud? Everything ISO, everything ISOs and and stuff like that. Why he ain't getting no pin downs? Why he ain't getting no, no no like why he ain't running no plays to get him open? He was kind of getting on Steve Nash case about that when he said it." He was like, why everything KD get out the mud? He just got he just ISO and facing up, whatever. He's getting there, getting all this points off pure talent. They not setting them up for nothing. That's why they need a point guard. So I don't know. We'll see how they work it out. I think they are gonna be a solid team. Probably middle of the pack in the East, though. If I had to like guess, they probably gonna be like fourth, fifth seed. But come playoff time, I ain't gonna lie, I'd be scared to play them. I'd hate to in the playoffs. They wanted them teams. They might not be number one or number two, but you sure don't want to get matched up with them. Yeah. So, that's how I see them too. Yeah, I see I, I see them at maybe it's just my vision of it, but I see them having a remix version of the Warriors offense where the reason I say I say that because it is not going to be like the freelancing, free-flowing offense that we saw before. The ball will stop in be clogged up not necessarily clogged up but the ball we stopped more with their offense because you have more prominently ball dominant guys between Kyrie and KD mm-hmm. and it's not a bad thing but like I said it'll be a remix of it because of course not exactly line for line bar for bar but Steph Curry will be Kyrie Clay will be KD and Draymond will be uh Ben Simmons so Ben Simmons will be the Draymond role where he's the quote-unquote point four point guard whatever Really just facilitating the offense. So besides KD and Kyrie, I'm making sure when Joe Harris comes off a pin down the curl, whatever, I can hit him. I'm hitting Claxton off the lobs, whatever. If I'm there, I'm taking that little play that Draymond has when uh him and Steph come off a uh DHO, he'll slip it sometimes. Then they have the uh Iggy sometimes will be in that spot, but the dunker spot where a big come over and he has the option to go finish, he can float it or he can lob it. And it's like that's one of the Warriors, one of the top three Warriors unstoppable plays that they have. I'm Nash. I'm, I'm stealing that one from the playbook, brother, because you you have the exact same option with either KD or Kyrie with Ben being in the Draymond spot. You throw it, DHO. He can slip it if he needs to. Then you have Claxton coming off there. If You can have KD coming off there. Um, let's see what's on their roster. Um, you can have Claxton coming off, maybe TJ Warren or KD coming off that dunker spot. And if Cam Thomas plays, maybe you can put him off there and uh, Marquise Morris if he plays or not. But you can have all those options off that last spot, and that's an easy – like, how do you stop that? So, at the DHO, you sticking KD or Kyrie or maybe Patty Mills or Steph Curry, like you sticking them, all right, cool, at least Ben open. And Ben's running to the goal. So now you sticking him or you going with the big off the lob. How are you going to play that? So it's kind of – not as lethal, but it's still very dangerous as the Warriors lineup. So that's one play I'm definitely stealing from them. If I'm Steve Nash, they it's copycat lead. They need Facts. to. So, uh, copycat lead, you better copy the right cat and know where they put it in. So uh, if I'm Nash, I'm definitely like Kerr. Um, you, you know the play, bro. See if you can stop it. That's basically all I'm going to say. So uh, <laughs> yeah, I think it can work, man. They just have to. And Ky- Kyrie's been known to be a selfish guy, but. We saw him playing with LeBron, and we saw him play with KD and James Harden. Take a, a lesser role with not just lesser, but just the ball being his hands less. Like he's obviously willing to do that. So now, just about does it make sense with Ben Simmons there? That's the only real question here, in my mm-hmm. opinion. So, 
think it can work, and it just has to make sense with um, the play calling. So it's really falling on Steve Nash's lap to make sure everything blends together to where it's not too much ISO with Katie and Kyrie, and it's not too much of off-ball movement and too much freelance. Because you still want to maximize the superpower that Katie and Kyrie have of getting a bucket. So I think it's the, the first year, not maybe not the first year, but a year we can finally sit down and like really Steve Nash, who and what are you as a coach? Because he had a roster, he got switched and changed to this roster and James was here and James was left. They were injury prone and this and that. He's supposed to have Ben and Ben doesn't come and play. And it's, we Okay, this is the roster we have. I think they have Steph Curry out a little bit for the season opener. Somebody else missing for the season opener. But besides that, I think everybody's relatively healthy and full roster at his disposal. So now, how are you going to coach this team? What, what's up with your coaching now? Because it's hard to coach when you don't have all your weapons here. You feel me? So I think it might be the first year, maybe the first, I have to look at it closer, but the first year we can fully judge and critique Steve Nash because it's hard to coach. I mean, that's part of the game too, to deal with the adjustments and everything, but uh, – it's still tough to be like championship or bust when you don't have all your, your weapons at this display. So this might be the first that we can judge him and critique him. But I feel like if they do adopt some level of the Warriors offense and they're able to mesh and blend together, because I think they want being there and Ben wants to be there. So they're going to figure out how to make it work if, if, as long as possible. So um, just about being patient, you know. My thing is give a team at least 20 games to really kind of get the feel, feel and flow together. But with everything be going on there, like you said, that's probably the biggest, second biggest question mark in the league. They're probably going to be thrown in the fire. Oh, they lose game one. Oh, they, they're terrible. They they messed up the season. <laughs> like, come on, bro. One game, like, especially if they're playing championship caliber team, like the Warriors, Electric, or something. Like, come on, bro. Like, or the Bucks or something like that. Come on, bro. Let's be real. Like, but anyway, man. Uh, the Warriors, not the Warriors, and that's our big question mark. But I feel like they're a good caliber team to uh, reckon with. Like you said, I think they're, I think they're probably top four in the East uh, coming out. But like you said, it's playoff time, especially if they clicking, everybody healthy. Ah, that's that's a tough, that's a tough task, you know, especially if everybody's healthy and they playing the game. But we said that last year, we got the boys about it. So I don't know what the heck happened last year, but hey. I ain't mad about it. Yeah. <laughs> I know you. <laughs> but, and then, you know, this fan kind of trying to blame him. Like, they ain't got no chemistry. They ain't got this. You know, Kyrie on the play half the season. And I was like, man, when you got Kyrie and KD, you'll win the game now. <laughs> At least one. Like, come on. One. Really. KD by himself. KD by himself can win you a game. Kyrie by himself can win. So that's two games you can win. That's two winnable <laughs> games. Them coming together. Come on, that's another win right there. So that's, that should have been a six-game against seven-game series. Should have get swept. And I'm going to tell this fan, so I'm not complaining. But as a basketball fan, it's like, hmm. <laughs> What's well, not clicking? <laughs> but, no, nah, it definitely was bad. I was like, yo. And then especially, like, the first two games, KD was just looking like a shell of himself. Like, stars. Like it was bad, but I had 12 points the first game. I want to say game one, yeah, he had 12 points. I was like, I was looking at the stats, you like Kevin Durant, 12 points that just don't add up. Like, like mm-hmm. I couldn't believe it for real. I was like, no way, he had 12 points. And I watched the game, I was like, no way, he had 12 points. But 
Yeah, man, they been they they locked that up, bro. Like they sat on that. They won all them games fair and square too. Blew them out twice, and then won two close ones. Uh, yeah, they got to shake back. They got to shake back, and it, this year won't be no excuses. And this year, you know, we really gonna be able to look at Steve Nash also, like you said. I and if I'm them, I'm I might not tell them, but if I'm them, I'm like Steve got two years. This year and next year, if we ain't touching that Eastern Conference Finals or the Finals, like we need to be smelling the Finals, in in this year or next year. If not, I'm pulling the plug on Steve, because you know you had your, you had your, you feel me your excuse 2020. You didn't have no Kyrie, you know, or whatever, and KD was hurt. And then 2021. You had James, KD, and Kyrie. Kyrie didn't play a whole lot. He didn't play half the season. Then you traded James. You know, just a whole lot of stuff going on around the team. A whole lot of drama. This year, you need to do something. You need to do something. Next year, you're on your last leg. Like, that's your I might not need to own no team. Because I ain't going to lie. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be harsh about some things. Like, you got this year. This year is your, like, Make some shape here. Next year, you're going to be at your, your feet going to be to the fire. We're going to put some pressure on you. Like, hey, if we ain't smelling them finals and we got the two top 20 players in the league, three if you count Ben for some people, Ben might be top 30, whatever you want to say. All on our team, we need to be touching the finals mm-hmm. or close. Now, we get put out Eastern Conference finals by the Milwaukee Bucks. A son, that's a cool. I can live with that. Getting swept in the first round, cannot. Cannot live. Cannot live with it. We're going to see what happens this year. I, I do have high expectations for them, though. I think they're going to have a good year. I think they, like I said, I think they're going to be middle of the pack as long, you know, in the in the East and as far as rankings go. But uh, playoff time come, I expect big things out of them, too. Especially, so we'll see. Yeah, like and my my rule of thumb with coaches is uh three to four years. Like no matter what you're you're given, you have a grace period. You have a, a, a guilt free three to four years where we'll take what you got. I don't care what position we at. I don't care what franchise organization. Three to four years, minimum. Now you get extended by having Steve in that situation. 2020, really off year. Uh, Kyrie situation, no, James Harden situation and Kyrie being in and out of the lineup. KD was out a little bit too. All right, cool. Last season, Kyrie in and out. All right, cool. Got you. Whatever. So that's kind of all one year for you. I'm giving, I gave them three years or two years. All that's pushed together as one. This is year two. Okay. This, this is what we're kind of winding down to. Next year is year three. So now is, is kind of go time. If we underperforming by the expectations we set by whatever, like you said, Eastern Conference Finals, like if we ain't getting put out by the championship caliber team at that level, okay. What are we looking at, Steve? Mr. Nash, what are we doing here for him? So, but I don't know. This is kind of my rule of thumb with coaches and that whole ordeal, man. But, um, 
think the Nets got got some potential this year. I'm, I'm looking more optimistic this year. I feel like they'll be healthier and everything, and they'll figure out something to make it work. But don't just give them two games and be like, oh, Nets suck. They, they trade everybody, fire Nash. Like, come on, bro. Like, don't beat them people. But that's kind of how I feel about the situation, man. So, um. I'm going to give us a quick opportunity for us to fan out. All right. So you can go first, man. Milwaukee Bucks. What you feel about them, man? Number one in the East. <laughs> Number one in the East. Not taking none of the list. Number one in the East. I think the Bucks, number one in the East. I think Sixers, probably number two. And then maybe Miami. You know, but if we just sticking with the Bucks, number one in the East. I ain't going no no lower than two. <laughs> I feel like that's um, accurate. I think they're top three for sure. Top three in out of the East. Um, a sneaky pickup that y'all had is Joe Ingles. I don't Facts. think Joe Ingles gets talked about enough as a big pickup for y'all. But then again, I ain't blessed title. Stuff like that. But Joe Ingles is a very, very, very solid pickup for y'all. Because what hurt y'all so much last year was Chris Middleton being out. And y'all didn't have a second option. Well, mm-hmm. Joe Ingles can be that second option and gladly be the third option or fourth option. And he can he can pick up however you need him. So he's, he's that flexible of a scoring piece. So, of course, Giannis is, is the go-to. He's the guy. Just no, no duh. But Chris is the option as far as half court sets more you know predominantly so chris here's the ball do what you do let's say chris gets hurt or christian on the bench okay drew and joe y'all figure something out between both of y'all there's no reason why both of y'all can't deliver me 20 points 25 points there's no reason why between the both of you i don't care if it's uh drew giving me 10 and joe giving me 15 no, let's say 10 and 10. So Drew give me 10, <coughs> Joe give me 10, and then y'all combine for assist to give me the last couple points. There's no reason why I can't rely on both of you guys to give me 20 to 25 points. There's no reason why. So Brooke Lopez, you can give me another 15, 20, whatever. You know, so uh, if, if Joe comes in and does his thing and he's healthy, that's a very, very sneaky, solid pickup for y'all. So scary team oh man because y'all already you know at the depth and everything y'all crazy to look at but you know the depth y'all have now so just looking at y'all roster real quick uh they got drew at the one grace now at the two chris mills in three yans four brooke lopez five george hill backup one pat Connaughton, west matthews bobby portis and forgot about my boy bobby and y'all resigned him he got it back Serge Ibaka was, was a really good pickup for y'all, too. I don't think people talked about that enough, either. But, but Serge We Ibaka, really like the biggest team. Like It's nasty. It's so big. Like, like, like defense, rebounding, immaculate. It's there every night. You know you're going to get that every night. Yeah, I think because the shortest guy y'all have that looking at is like George Hill at 6'3". Drew's like 6'4", six, 6'5". Six, Grayson Allen. I don't know how great Grayson is. I think he's like 6'3". And then Pat Connaughton's like 6'5". Bobby's like 6'10". Giannis is 7 foot. Brooks 7 foot. Serge like 6'10", 6'11". So it's like Wes Matthews like 6'6", 6'7". Joe Ingles like 6'8". Like, come on, bro. It's just it's 
y'all are big on top of it. Like the small, y'all have the length that I would love if I was a GM. Like the shortest Facts. guy on my team might be about six three, six four, and that's it. Everybody else on my team, if you're shorter than that, you're gonna have to be like a a bull, like this this dog that can go, like a Chris Paul type or a, a what's my boy name? I forgot. Let's get it. But just somebody who can fit that frame of like, okay, you're the exception for my roster. But everybody else, we six four and up. Like we, we're long, we're athletic, we're big, we're physical, and you gonna have to figure out how to be Steph Curry, Damon, Trey Young shooting from half court because once you get past Drew, if you can get past Drew, Thanks. you gotta deal with my wing of Chris Middleton, Wes Matthews sitting right there. Then somehow you slip past him too. You got Giannis and Brooke Lopez and, and Sergio Baca sitting back there waiting for you too. So figure out which you gotta pick your poison at that point because you're not finna score an easy point at this at against this team. So that's the one thing I do love about y'all. Y'all are huge, man, because boy, y'all were a problem uh, the past two years. So thanks. It's crazy. Right. Yeah. So like I said, no one in the East. Now, there's no replacing length and athleticism. Like that's something that's gonna be there every night. Like guys like that depend so much on like skill and finesse and stuff. That's great, obviously. But you know, my old coach used to say, your shot ain't going in every night. Offense ain't gonna be there every night. Some days you just ain't gonna be able to make shots. You could play defense every single night. Every single night I can get out here and guard. And that's what the Bucks got. Every night Drew gonna be able to guard somebody. Chris is a solid defender for real. People don't give him credit for though. Wes Matthews come off the bench. He a solid defender. Then you got Giannis, who obviously a solid defender, great defender. Brooke is a good rim protector. Bobby Portis can come off the bench. Great rim protector, great rebounder. Serge Ibaka, great rim protector. It's like stuff like that you can't replace. Mm-hmm. So that's there every night. It's hard to beat them, especially you talking about going to the playoffs, beating them four times. And you got a team. You got a team that's gonna grind it out on defense every night out. That's hard to beat four times, you know. Because like I said, sometimes that shot ain't going in. Yeah, that they ain't worried about it. Bobby gonna go ahead and get in there and get that board though. He gonna make this layup <laughs> off that board. That three might not have went in for Chris Middleton, but Bobby get this offensive rebound. He, I bet he make that layup. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm telling you, yeah, number one of these. What you though, man? You know you a Celtics guy, so what's your expectations for them boys? Since we, since you know we started with my team. Yeah, like the last thing for y'all team, I think the biggest oh, advantage that y'all have is like y'all still got chemistry. Like y'all oh, have yeah. a small piece to plug in too, so it's like that alone is why y'all might just off the strength have the best regular season, you know, team out of everybody. Because uh, you know Philly, they're they're still trying to figure out being not being in. Uh, but Harden and Embiid, you know, trying to figure that whole thing together. Um, Maxi, how's he going to fit in with that fully? Like, they're still figuring out little stuff here and there. Uh, the Nets, we just discovered, I mean, it just went over how they dealing with that whole thing. Transition to my team, we're still trying to figure things out, too. Um, mm-hmm. We don't have any major shakeups, but we have – we still have really good shakeups in a good way. So, mm-hmm. y'all have the hands down the best chemistry, um, definitely in the East. So, that's the – I would not be surprised if y'all were number one in the East. Like that would, if y'all don't come out top two, that's a failure for you guys. Like there's no reason why you should nice. not be top two. 
just off the chemistry alone. There's no reason why you shouldn't. I, I would look at that as a failure. Unless you're trying to like low management stuff, but that no, nah, you understand having that. So y'all should be top 20 East. So but my boys, um you don't know how good I felt about our acquisitions and our pickups. Like mm. I think I think I, I don't know if I said this publicly or I just talked to you about it or something to myself, but literally every pickup that we had was what I said we should do, like what we should have. Like we, we were missing a backup guard who was able to facilitate, get everybody involved, still play great defense, and score when needed. Because you don't have to score, but, okay, Jason Taylor and Jalen Brown aren't having right now. Who can we count on? Last year, we didn't necessarily have anybody to be like, okay, boom, you're the guy. Cool. But and we didn't necessarily have a point guard for sure per se, you know, to get everybody involved with. Like, Derek White was cool, but didn't really love him as a point guard. He, he was supposed to be a big pickup for us, and he was. He was solid for us, but he didn't follow through as much as we were looking to have him do. But um, I love Smart. That's my guy, but he's not – I think it's hard to change the DNA of a guy of what they are. If you're not a pass-first guy, your instinct to pass-first is not going to be there. And so – you know, with the way he's built, he might be somewhat pass first, but he's still predominantly not that type of guy. So that's why we needed a, a Brockton to come in and take that role because that's what he does more naturally. He's going to look for a good open pass rather than him scoring. And we, we went over how he lost a lot of fans last year with that pass. Oh, my mm-hmm. goodness. That oof. Man, or the lack thereof of a pass, let me say. So, <laughs> uh, man, that oof. Let me start on that, man. But anyway, so yeah, Brighton was a huge pickup for us. I'm super glad about that. I said we need a wing, somebody that can come in. Um, when we have Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, one of those guys go out, we we need somebody else to come in and score, you know, keep the scoring up. You don't have to be giving us 20 every night, but a solid 15 will do. And we picked up Gallinari. The only question mark with him is he stay healthy. And as we see, the question mark still remains. Can that boy stay healthy? But I was also saying, depending on how Grant Williams develops, we might not need to pick up anybody else because that can be our extra scoring off the bench if he starts. And I don't know how that plays out, but um, he would be a great pickup as far as the scoring-wise and seeing how Derek White develops. He could be more of that, but I don't know how the starting lineup I mentioned be. But anyway, those two guys could develop to be more of that backup wing that we had. And mm. lastly, we need a big because it was Al, Al Horford and Robert Williams for sure. I'm not a big fan of Tice. He got up out of there. Okay, cool. And so we ended up picking up uh, Blake Griffin. Solid pickup. He's not the shot block I'm necessarily looking for, but he's a solid pickup. If he can give us what he gave the Nets, um, coming off the bench was like a lot of energy, a lot of hustle, solid defense, especially when we go against y'all. We have another uh, another option to look at though at Giannis, which would be beautiful. Going against Embiid. Um with Philly, you know, when we go against the Nets, another body throw at KD, will he be great? Obviously not, but still something else to throw at him, another look. So, um, but yeah, I think that's a great pickup. We, we, I feel like a good GM now, you know, because they they did what I said. Maybe they, they watched the podcast or whatever. I think I put it out there. I don't know. But when they watch the podcast, like, hmm, B-Ball Jones got, got, got on to something. Let's, let's do what he said. And then just fill the pieces in. So, uh, part of me wishes we got Carmelo. Just for the fan take of it, you know, we Camelo guy. Um, 
which we could have picked <laughs> him up. But Blake Griffin, I ain't mad about Blake. But then to think about the game he could have gave Tatum and Brown, just you know, I'm thinking about that part of it. But the fan of Carmelo, I would have been, I wouldn't be mad about that at all. But um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to our season. Uh, the only question right now is how Derek White fits in. Does he step up to be more of what we thought he'd be? How Grant Williams develops and uh, can Taylor and Brown really figure out how to be A-level players together? Because they, they know how to do it when one of the others off the floor and they do their own thing. But if they can figure out how to co- not just coexist, but like play off each other and play together, now we're really like a championship team. Like we, You really don't know how to stop us now. So that's the biggest thing I'm looking for is them being able to blend together now. So I uh, feel like we're definitely a top four team in the East. Um, especially if we start meshing together and you know clicking with everything, um, we could creep into the top three, maybe top two, because we have probably the second best chemistry out of everybody. But I don't know. But that's my thoughts on us, man. I would not be surprised if we made. I would not be surprised if we made in the run to the finals. You know, pretty bold thinking, but we made it last year. So why can't we go back to back? Oh yeah, definitely. I, I definitely a contender now. I would yeah. never not say that. But um, <clears throat> I do like the pieces y'all picked up too. Uh, I think y'all solid. Um, where is Robert Williams now? Because he's not on my depth chart. Last I heard, he uh, he was hurt. Oh, maybe that's it. He's not on the depth chart at all. I thought he might not have been there no more. Well, let me look at the whole roster. I mean, he, I know he's on the roster for sure. I just know he had surgery on his knee or something like that. Oh, okay. Yeah, he is still on the roster. I'm saying, don't scare me, dog. Like, hold on. Don't scare me. Yeah, y'all need him. I think he's going to be a great player, like defensive player of the year type caliber player. Oh, yeah. But, um, well, I was going to say, y'all, y'all definitely are, are big contenders. I like the pickups y'all got. I think, but more than anything, I think that finals, <clears throat> y'all's finals run gave y'all players that experience is the best thing that could happen to them. Having the finals experience, knowing what to expect and what it looks like, what it feels like to get that far, I think that's big for y'all. Mm-hmm. So, uh, especially Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, of course. Uh, I think when y'all got there last year, y'all made a lot of young mistakes. Mm-hmm. And you got to see it. You can see their youth in the game, like driving in, not playing off two, kind of just throwing passes out. Like Marcus Smart did it a lot, drove in, jumped, didn't really have nowhere to go, kind of just threw the ball away, turnover. You know, that happened a lot. Uh, had a game where Steph Curry just was getting open, like, like multiple times in a row, not even on some like hits and tussle. Like they ran the offense wide open, right? Like just messed up coverages, stuff like that. You know, I think that was good for them though. That experience is going to be good for them in the long run. So now they know what to expect. They know how it feels. You know, I think they'll be better for it. So yeah, like if they made it to the finals again, I wouldn't be surprised. And I think uh, a lot of people kind of expect a big jump from Jason Tatum, like uh, MVP MVP caliber kind of year from him. So we'll see how he does. I do think he's, he's going to be better this year than he was last year. So I think it's going to be good. So yeah, y'all are definitely a team to be watching. You know, especially with Brogdon now. You know, I think that gives y'all another look, a different dynamic. 
yeah. you know, outside of smart. And so they're going to be good, man. Y'all still in good hands. Ain't no need to be worried or nothing because they lost in the finals, you know. Y'all in the, going on the right track. So can't wait to see that. Oh, yeah, I'm excited, man. But uh, I think the only two other teams really need to – well, the main two other teams we need to look at is the Heat because you can't ever count the Heat out. Like, no. never. That's just the way the Heat are. And I think this team is becoming a new version of the Heat, which is the Raptors. Mm. Like, for whatever reason, the Raptors, they just – it started with the Kawhi year, honestly. I think – I hate to, to say that because it discounts what Kyle Lowry and DeMar Rosen did, but it started yeah. the Kawhi year because the Heat functioned as a group in a system. So star player, no star player, we function and play as this. The Raptors have become that team to where we play as this, and we're not looking for any outlier superstar type of talent. That's where the Heat roll. That's where the Spurs roll. The Warriors have, were like that, and it's like, this is where we play. This is how we function, whatever. And so uh, the Raptors don't have any – you know, like Siakam, I'm not looking for him to be. People start to try to throw the crown at him as being the guy, but I never fully saw that from him. Uh, Scotty Barnes may develop to be the guy, but Van Fleet is really looking most likely like the guy for the team, per se. Yeah. Um, oh, Jesus, solid piece. I love Gary Trent Jr. I love his game, man. He's solid. Otto Poirier Jr. come off the bench. Um, you got purchase off the bench. He's a solid player too but Scotty Barnes yeah they got really good solid young guys man but I'm excited to see how Scotty Barnes develops and what he does and then the Heat I can't forget about Philly too don't forget about them but the Heat are also a team to really look into because they got you know the same crew they've had the past few years um and I think the biggest thing that they have now is uh a healthy Victor Depot. that'll be the amazing piece for them um and then the the rookie they signed with uh, Jokic, you know, I, I want to see how he develops and what he can do for them if he plays this year. But I think um, Victor Oladipo is a really, really, really solid move for them, depending on how he does, man. But can't ever count out Philly. I mean, not Philly. Can't ever count out Miami. Can't out count out Toronto. Those are other two sneaky teams. I don't know if the Heat necessarily sneaky, but I think they're not as splashy of a team still to, to count out or count in. So. Um, those things I'm, I'm also looking and, you know, peeking around the corner. At. I, of course, like as a Celtics fan, I'm looking at y'all, looking at Philly. I'm looking at the Nets, obviously. Mm-hmm. And, like, I'm, I'm right here looking at y'all. But the Heat, all right. Now, I, mean, I thought the Heat in there, too. I'm looking at all four of y'all. Just like, okay, what y'all up to? Raptors, I'm like, okay, just peek over real quick. What y'all doing? All right, cool. They still over there. <laughs> <laughs> just see what y'all roster looking like. Yeah. All right. Y'all, y'all won? All right. Y'all. Y'all top five. Shoosh. All right. You know, this, <laughs> that's the type of thing I'm looking at for them, man. So oh, there's other little teams I'm looking at too, but not as serious. They just don't have like a, a side eye look at y'all. So uh, mm-hmm. those are the top four. It's like y'all got my full attention out the east. You know, Raptors, y'all kind of like, let's, let's, let's wait and see, kind of see where y'all vibe and that. But those are the primarily four that as a I'm looking at y'all, man. So, um, yeah, that's kind of what I feel about that whole situation, man. But ain't no telling. Yeah, I think it's gonna be tough. They, they, it's like I said at the beginning. There's so many good teams. Like, and you know, you you kind of cheer them out. It's like it's a couple great teams, like a couple like championship contenders, contenders. Like you just point out, and be like, yeah, that 
they got championship aspirations. But there are so many good teams, you know, and I think that's going to be great. And so, like, you kind of named them out in the East, so I'll go out West. Like, you know, you got your Warriors, who was a championship contender, obviously. You know, you never know about the Suns. They kind of been trying to figure it out, you know, but they made their finals run already once. Ain't no telling they'll do it again with the core they still got. You know, they still got the same core they had since they made that finals run. So you can't never count them out. Mm-hmm. So you still got the Suns. Then you still got Luca and them over there in Dallas and the Mavericks. Can't count him out. Never know when he might just take off and, you know, get his team through over the hump. He ain't doing nothing but getting older, getting better. Mm-hmm. And then – you know, the Clippers is a question mark right now. Don't know how they're going to mesh together after they picked up John Wall, but they scary. John Wall, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, scary. You never know how they're going to turn out, but don't. I don't think nobody really want to see them right now. You know, they one of them teams, so they can't count them out. Never know what the Lakers might do. They still a big question mark, but we already got into that. And then the newest, biggest question mark on the block, the doggone Minnesota Timberwolves. It's mm-hmm. like, man, who knows what they're going to do with the team they got. They team crazy a little bit. Yeah. If you think on paper, it's crazy, but, like, you just don't even know how it's going to work out. So it's a big question mark with Ant-Man and Rudy and Cat. You know, it's an odd little team, but, like, mm-hmm. you never know. They might – they could go crazy and be number one, number two in the West, or they could just be, like, same old Minnesota Timberwolves barely making the playoffs. So, mm-hmm. you know. And then last but not least, you know, John and them Grizzlies. Mm-hmm. They, didn't turn, they didn't turn the Grizzlies into, like, the hood's favorite team. Like, <laughs> I never thought I'd see the day the Memphis Grizzlies would be for the culture so much, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but, like, they was already – I want to say, yeah, they was number one in the, in the West last year, right? They was number one seed. Yeah, the one or two. Yeah, something like that. So I won't be surprised they did that again. So they another like contender team, like you can't sleep on. So man, it's just so many good teams this year, man. Like I feel like I was having this discussion with my teammates, one of my teammates earlier, not earlier, but like a couple of days ago. They was like, the Lakers gonna win fifty games. They're gonna do. They, they was like, they're gonna win fifty games with the, with the team they got now. I said, mm, I don't think so. It was like, yeah, bro, 50 games, like, with the team they got, they even if they, like, not playing their best, like, they can win 50 games. I said, I don't think you really know how many games 50 games is, like 50 wins. I don't think you realize how much, how high that is. I said, let me break some down to you. Two teams won 50 games last season in the West. Two. Memphis and Golden State. It was some teams that had 49, 48, but two teams in the West won 50 games. So let's go. And so if they win 50 games, you're talking about them being top three. You think they top three? And he was like, nah, they ain't top three. I was like, well, you think they ranking that then? Because I'm I'm pretty sure they seven, eight range. He was like, nah, they probably about four, five. I said, okay, cool. Fourth, like, let's, let's go ahead and break down playoff teams then. Let's go ahead and rattle off the teams that made the playoffs last year, which the Lakers did not. I said, Dallas, Memphis, Warriors, Phoenix, uh, who else did I say? Then uh, not a Clippers. Huh? Nuggets. Nuggets. Nuggets going to definitely be in there. Clippers definitely going to be in there this year. Ain't nobody saying – ain't nobody going to say the Clippers not going to make the playoffs. That's six teams. Got Pelicans. Pelicans still going – they still in there. They made the playoffs last year. Seven. Jazz. Yeah, and then the Jazz, who probably didn't fell off. So you're talking about the Lakers possibly replacing one team. 
So, who out of them 17 that I just named, which one is the Lakers better than? And he was like, ah, probably none of them. I said, all right, it sounded like they 7 8. <laughs> then you still got Minnesota who could make some noise. That's another team could play, could, could jump in there. So, there are so many good teams, you really can't tell who going to really just make the playoffs all out. And then you still got to play in, so you never know how that's going to spin. But, mm-hmm. you know, you got your guarantees, your Warriors, your Grizzlies. Uh, I call them your guarantees. Probably say Phoenix a guarantee. And then in the, in the East, you got your guarantees. You got your Bucks. You got your Sixers. Uh, you got your Heat. I probably uh, – the Nuggets, too. I say the Nuggets is a guarantee. I forgot to throw them in there in the West. So, them your guarantees. And then in the East, you got your Bucks, Sixers, Heat. I say the Nets is a guarantee to make the playoffs. And your Celtics. So that's five teams in both conferences that's like we pretty much got locked in. So now you got six, seven other teams battling it out for four, for four spots. I mean, for no, I'm tripping for three spots. So I think that's the best thing about this new season, man. It's going to be great. Like, I think it's going to be like a real, like, struggle. Like, we ain't brought up Atlanta. Yep. Like, Atlanta's still scary with DeJounte and Trey, but, you know, they're not a guarantee. We ain't bring them up. Then you, Cavs? Cavs, they they finna be tough this year. They got tough out this year. We ain't throw them in the guarantee. Then you still got Toronto, who we didn't throw in there in the guarantees. And, you know, you just talked about how good and young they are. And then the Knicks, kind of the Knicks. Yeah, I don't know about the Knicks. <laughs> it's the Knicks, so, bro. They the Knicks, and then out west we ain't throw in the Lakers, we ain't throw in uh the Pelicans, we ain't throw in uh oh, I'm missing one. We ain't throwing the Nets, we ain't throwing the Pelicans, we didn't throw in the Timberwolves, we ain't throwing Portland because they ain't gonna be healthy again this year. It's a lot of good teams. This is gonna be tough, man. Gonna be real tough, but I'm excited though. I'm excited to see how it pans out. Yeah, man. And I think another small thing to look at too. Kind of, I mentioned it earlier in uh in the podcast, but all the comeback players, like all the players who missed mm. the year or who are unhealthy, or whatever. Like the guys who are finally getting back into the flow of like Ben Simmons, uh, John Wall, uh, James for the Warriors. Like it's it's a lot of guys that are getting back into the fold of it that will play a role in things. Um, I think we have to really consider and look at you know how they mesh back into this team because they, they play a big factor on what these teams do, you know. So it ain't just like um, – it ain't just like the teams are just there and we're just kind of like, oh, whatever. You know, it's like it's really a big impact on the team's flow and how they you – know, chemistry and all that. So like Kyrie going in and out the lineup really affects them because you got to figure out how to play with them, play without them, all that good stuff. So right. – um, I think that's the big thing to look into that I don't feel like people pay attention. Like, of course, if you hoop, you understand, you know. But the comeback players of like, I think this might be the first most interesting year, like comeback player of the year, you know, because, you know, you got John Wall and Liz Ben Simmons on that list. Uh, uh, Jamal Murray on that list. There's like so many players that have been out for so long. And it's like, who can ball out the most and get that, you know, notoriety and whatever back. So, um yeah, there's, there's, there's a lot of stuff to look into for this season, man. And like, like you said, this might be the most exciting season we've had in a couple of years because 
the Warriors sucked a lot of fun out of it for the past few years. And, you know, the last year that they had him was 19. We kind of like, ah, I just got it. You know, it's hard to win without Clay and Katie being in the game. With, they ain't shrink the numbers no more. So it's kind of like, ah, you know, whatever. And after that, it was still kind of just like, uh, no, tw- before 2020 happened, happened. We were like, oh, everybody getting back to the duos and, you know, it's, it's one and two. It's one, two punch. It's Kawhi and uh, PG. It's AD and Brun. It's, you know, uh, it's, it's Giannis and Chris. It's Brown and Tatum. It's everybody had one, two punches, you know, right. it's, it's getting back to that. But then Corona happened. It's like, ah, bubble time. So now bubble kind of messed things up. And then ever since then, the bubble kind of messed things up still. And it was like, uh, the next was like, that one two point sound cute and all. Now I'm finna trio up and the uh Lakers said, Oh, y'all want trio up? Cool, we can do the same thing. Westbrook, come on. So everybody trying to get the trio again. It's just like ah didn't work out for anybody, but hey, you know, they, they tried it. And so they definitely now, tried. <laughs> so now we're kind of getting back to where it, everything's look fairly even, or at least like you said, it's kind of grouped together where we have the higher tier if it's like uh not even just playoff bound guys but championship caliber teams like we went over how the east we have four teams arguably five that are just like you, you could represent the east going into the finals the west i personally feel like as the teams are constructed right now three teams you're probably looking at the west of coming out this is just off the top of my head like these the warriors um the Grizzlies are a threat i won't say they will but they're definitely a threat they're a question mark for me. And um, let me look at the teams real quick. So Warriors for sure. You can't live out the Suns because they basically come back with the same team. Depending on what they do with uh, – what's the name? Uh, Crowder. Crowder. I was like, it's JC. I couldn't think of his name. Yeah, Crowder. <laughs> uh, depending on what he does and – The Mavs are scared, but I ain't looking at a championship winning team. So, and honestly, bro, I can't count LeBron. I just can't. Not a healthy LeBron. Nah, yeah, I think it's it's, it's hard to. I, LeBron is one of the few players where it's like this is part of why I still consider LeBron the best player in the league. Still, it's it's very debatable. It depends on like the flavor of the day for me, honestly. But LeBron has not been knocked out yet. LeBron has not been knocked out. LeBron has been hurt. Last year he was hurt. So he can't will his way to the playoffs like he usually does. Before that, still hurt. Before that, championship. So it's like LeBron has not been knocked out yet. So it's still technically here for LeBron when LeBron is LeBron. So I'm kind of just like, ah, maybe LeBron can squeeze in the last little five games to get you 10 to five games if he's healthy and playing to be like, you know what? Let me zero Doc 30, whatever it is, before the playoffs and just, just get these last couple wins in, whatever. But can't count LeBron, man. So LeBron is – he's earned that respect at least in year 20 for me. So uh, I did, you had a very valid point. Like, I, I was like, dang, I didn't think about it like that. Like, I know 50 games is a lot. I was thinking, you know, maybe 45, you know. That's about the range, middle of the pack, anywhere from four to six. I was expecting him to be playing. I didn't think LeBron would be like – we're not doing that again. We're not. Well, I'm, I'm not letting that happen, especially if he's healthy. So, mm-hmm. uh, but 46 range is what I'm expecting them right now. 
And if they do figure out how to click with all the um, 16 point guards they have, then so be it. But just can't I just can't count LeBron yet. He had to knock LeBron out. He hasn't been knocked out yet. Like he knocked himself out with his injury. So this is very interesting season, man. So between the year finally kind of coming normal, all the big question marks around the biggest teams in the league and the comeback players, we got a lot to look forward to with this season, man. So um anything else you want to talk about? Anyone jump on for this season preview? Um, another guy I'm excited to see play is Michael Porter Jr. I hope he has a great year. He, he, he ain't throwing me in with the guys who've been hurt and stuff, but I wanted to make sure he him in there. He a guy that I like to watch play, so I hope he has a good bounce back year uh, along with them other guys you named. So, but, yeah, other than that, <laughs> other than that, that's it, man. Uh, I'm excited, dog, for another great – another good NBA season, back to normal. No COVID protocols, no nothing like that. Just hoops. They ain't got to worry about extra. So I just thought about this too. I think one thing we do need. Oh, never mind. He's got a bag. So never mind. I was gonna say, look at if Brad Bill get traded, but he's got a bag. Nah, so, he's, you know, he's not going anywhere. Nah, he, he solidified. But uh, I think Dame might be getting traded. I don't know. It's no telling yet. But uh, I don't know. I feel like a big trade will happen outside of the Westbrook trade. I feel like there will be a big trade that everybody just like, oh snap, like. That just shake up the whole team. But that's kind of why I'm not big on predictions. Like, I don't like to predict this team is going to win this, this team is going to win that. Because as constructed, this is what we're dealing with. But then out the blue, this team loses half of their team, and this team gains a whole new team. And it's like your whole prediction just went out the window. And people still hold to that old prediction, even though we have new situation going around it. So I'm just kind of like, oh, that's what we're doing here. Okay, cool. I'm supposed <laughs> to see the crystal ball and know the whole team getting traded in the middle of the season. So. That's probably why I'm not big on predictions like that, man. But I feel like we will see a big trade like that happen, man. But uh, besides that, only last thing I want to say is that this podcast is sponsored by Body Armor. It's the uh, sports drink of the D-Bot on podcast oh, at some point in the future. <laughs> pending. <laughs> pending. This is a pending uh, endorsement. Don't buy them until we're officially sponsored. <laughs> Don't buy nothing. <laughs> <laughs> nothing. Oh, or man. or buy them and tell them I only bought it because of the B Ball Jones podcast. And then they start sponsoring us. And then you can buy even more. So that's, let's just you know do one of them too. So don't buy it all, only buy it because we said it, and then they you know, get them. But whatever. That, that's my closing <laughs> argument. And uh, I rest my case. Um I want a bag and some balls. A bag and balls. That's what I need. <laughs> I just hey, if they just give me the bottles, I'm good. I ain't, hey, send them the money. I just want lifetime supply bottles. <laughs> but, oh, uh, yeah, man. I guess that's it for us, dog. We appreciate y'all listening and checking us out on the live, man. We might be going live a little more often, y'all, just to let y'all know, man. This might be gonna come more of a regular thing. Not all the time, obviously. You know, we still gonna give y'all y'all regular weekly dose of the B-Ball Jones podcast. But every now and then, we might pull one of these out for special occasions. Just so y'all can, you know, hop down in the chat and talk to us live and, you know, get y'all comments in. Be a part of the uh, conversation with us, you know. So, uh, hopefully y'all enjoyed it, man. Uh, be sure to like and subscribe. Uh, be sure to follow Brian on all social medias at B-Ball Jones. That's B-E-Ball Jones on all social media platforms. Be sure to follow me 
at Nelson.Haskin on Instagram, at NellieH34 on Twitter, and follow me at my name on Facebook. And we keep the conversation going over there, man. Be sure to follow the podcast on TikTok. It's going across the bottom of the screen. Uh, but, yeah, man, that does it for us here for another episode of the Bebop Jones Podcast. Appreciate y'all again for listening. Be sure to check us out next week for another great episode. Could be a debate. Could be a little talk, give you some game. Could be another interview. Just got to be there for us to find out. But thank y'all again for listening. And uh, we out.